0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello and welcome to the Layman Confessor Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me today. This is episode 23, I believe, and we are talking about depression. In the last episode, I laid out a little bit of my argument about how and why a Christian can get depressed based off of the doctrine of total depravity and we looked at a lot of Paul talked about uh, his writing especially to Titus and how sin influences all of our person including uh, our brain and including our mind and today I want to follow through with that topic a little bit and look at how sin may influence our mind in the sense of depression being Uh, almost a worldview. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and title that here uh, for this episode, Depression as Worldview. And um, what I'm going to do here today is talk about hopelessness, um, the future. I'm going to read that account uh, or that description that I read last week from the person who is suffering from depression and how that may influence um, well, I just want to look at some keywords from that and then look at how depression may actually, even though it is a sort of disordering of the mind, how the interpretation from people who are suffering de- with depression may actually be more insightful than many of us presume. And so, uh, and I think that can help us uh, walk. Uh, more faithfully to our uh, with our Lord, uh, for those of uh, for those who suffer depression, and for those who are helping people walk in depression, uh, this may be a way of helping them as well. So let's get into this idea of worldview, or de- excuse me, depression <clears throat> as worldview. And first of all, ba- even based off of just what we've talked about so far we see depression as a hopelessness or um, a, yeah, a hopelessness, a hopeless view of the future. There's no future good. And this is something of a permanent or a semi-permanent state of mind. This is something that a person will get into. They often enter into this depressive state, and it may last a few hours. It may last a few days uh, before it, goes. And yes, there may be physiological reasons why this happens. Uh, There may be physiological responses for helping with it. But ultimately, the thoughts that are there are still going to be there, even if you have, you know, these chemical responses like a serotonin blocker a, a person who's on a serotonin blocker will still have these negative feelings, but that serotonin blocker allows them a little bit of space to be able to respond before things get too heavy, right? And they can do a whole, whole lot of good there. But... Um, but I want to read for you one more time this view of depression from this person suffering from depression and highlight a few keywords and how these keywords may tie into some of the things that we talked about in the last episode. So I'll read this again, highlighting these terms. He says, I have heard some say it's numbness, that is, depression is numbness, but I don't think it's at all numbness. It's more like a strong desire to reach out and hold on to something or someone, but there's just no strength to do it, right? There's no strength. I think there's even the desire for connection, but there's some kind of something between me and anything or everything else. Like what or who I want is just on the other side of a barrier. And I can see and hear them, and I can want to reach out and take hold of them, or to be taken hold of by them. But there is no strength or ability. It is all will with no volition. And I know I can't reach out, yet I want to. And so the struggle is with my external inability to reach out. And with my inner inability to overcome whatever is keeping me from reaching out, so I want you to think think about the language we talked about in the last episode that Brian uh, Brian Myers introduced us to. This idea of sin being a a breakdown in relationships. How many places in that first little piece that I read was there a breakdown in relationship? Right, reaching, wanting to reach out to somebody, <laughs> right? there's a breakdown in relationship. Um, This struggle, this external inability to reach out, and an inner inability to overcome whatever is keeping this person from reaching out, right? So we have at least two of the, the five that Myers pointed out for us. This person goes on, I hate every moment of this. The desire or will to be out of the pull of the cords is there, but the necessary oomph to do it is not, and I want all the oomph I can get. I want the fight, the struggle, but even that is not there, which is what I hate. I can bear fighting it. I can't bear having been given over to it, and that is something more of what this feels like, having been given over to something and having no say or will in the matter, and a loss of uh, a loss of agency is is part of um, trauma, and um, you know feeling responsible for something without having any. Uh, response, right? Not being able to, to have the authority to make any changes. And I think we, we see some of that there. But we see this desire for something to happen, a desire for an action to be taken, for a desire for um, a thought or a, a will to do something, to to overcome and rise above or step out of whatever state that this person struggling with depression is in without he calls it this oomph to be able to do it and we see some of this in scripture we're going to talk about a number of people who struggled with this as well in scripture and in uh, church history however there are a number of church theologians throughout uh, the last 2,000 years that have argued that people who are suffering from depression or melancholia or other words that they used at the time for the same thing may have actually been some sort of an insight into the true state of the corrupted world. Um, This may be why most of the examples that I'm going to be walking us through in the coming weeks from uh, the Bible are prophets. Because they're pointing to the real state of things. Um, Which I I think is is interesting. But you may uh, recognize some of this language in passages like Romans 8. Uh, I think it's verse 22, where Paul says we know that the whole creation has been groaning together as it suffers together the pains of labor. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bo- our bodies. That groan inwardly. I, I mean, where does this groaning come from? Why, why is it? that we who have the Holy Spirit, Paul says here, we have the fruits, the first fruits of the Spirit, that seal that Christ has given us, and yet we groan. Why why would Paul say that we groan if there's not something to, to be mournful or sorrowful of? And so it's here where I think that, in a sense, uh, those who are suffering from depression may have something of a, a more realistic view of the world than than others may. Now, please don't hear me uh, saying that depression is a good thing, because it's not. It's destructive. It is a sign of it is a, it is because of the reality of the fall. It is a horrible thing. However, like many Crosses that we are called to bear, like many struggles that we have, it may help us identify what God is doing in this broken world, and it may be in some ways a gift for those uh, who are suffering from it or for those who are helping or walking through those who are suffering from it. As Joseph said to his brothers in Egypt, what you meant for evil, God meant for good not saying that that is the case in every single case. Um, But it is is something that I want us to consider here, and that's that's basically the thrust of this argument. So creation is groaning. Paul, as a Christian, with the Spirit, was groaning inwardly. And how can we not be depressed or anxious? Um, How can we not be sorrowful? Just look at the news. High divorce rates. Child sex trafficking and pornography is climbing higher and higher and higher. Or perhaps maybe they may have always been this high, and we're just discovering it. Right? There are wars, continuous wars. Human rights violations all over. The poor, the weak are being used and manipulated and hurt. The least of these are being neglected. And often our own our own congregations are are allowing it in some cases. There's so much to be sorrowful of if not depressed. And so a depressed person, well first let me let me back up. There, there is a connection, they, they believe that there is a connection between the spikes in depression over the last couple of decades and the development of not just uh, smart devices, but also social media, and if you've been on social media for any time, and I'm assuming most of you are because uh, if you're hearing this podcast, it's probably because you follow me or uh, someone that knows me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, And so I'm assuming you're on Facebook, and I'm assuming you're seeing, or Instagram, and I'm assuming that you're seeing these posts about what's happening in the world. And if we're seeing these all the time, how can we not help but feel like the world is a dangerous place? That no children are safe. That if I go into certain cities, I have a reason to fear. If I try and travel, then I have a reason to fear. Right? Right. And so a person who is suffering from depression may have in some ways a a a better understanding of the state of the fallen world, one that we don't necessarily experience and we don't want to experience. Now I'm offering this not as a cure, but as a as a um, canary, right? A canary in the mind. Um What is your depression or sorrow pointing you toward? And how can you carry that to God? So, if you're a person who struggles with depression, uh, one of the things that you are probably working on, especially if your therapist is uh, working with CBT or something like that, You're working on identifying your triggers, identifying the things that are making you depressed. Continue to do that um, and look at what you've identified. Uh, Identify that and make that your fast and your prayer for this month. What is it that is um, burdening your heart and your soul and your conscience so deeply? And take it to our Lord now please hear me I'm not saying pray the depression away Um, do pray toward that end of course but a few weeks of prayer it may not be it may not take it away in fact this this very idea of depression being an insight into places that need prayer and um, and help may be one of the reasons why we see people struggling with depression their entire life because it's something that god has given to us to carry for the sake of loving others again i'm not saying that depression is a gift but mercy is healing is compassion is And if we can learn to take or to to identify what it is that's pulling us down into depressive states, then we can learn to respond with compassion and with mercy and to pray for, for those things, for those people, and of course for ourselves. And then for those that are walking alongside those who struggle with depression in the same vein. Identify the sufferer's burden. And if they can't bear it, and they probably can't bear it on their own, then like St. Simon, take that cross for them and make that your fast and your prayer. I love the refrain in the song called The Weight by the band. Right, let's simplify things. <laughs> take a load off, Annie. Take a load for free. Take a load off, Annie. And put the load right on me. Let's bear one another's crosses. But don't just bear them ourselves on our own shoulders, because we can't bear them either. But in every way, take it to our Lord, who bears all sins on His shoulders and can surely carry ours. So again, I'm not offering this as a cure, but as a canary. What is it that our sorrow, our depression, our anxiety, what is it pointing us toward? And how can we take that thing and give it over to our Lord? To take it and to pray and to fast for it or for them. Again, how can we not, we can't help but be at least sorrowful at the state of this world. How can we take that to our Lord, the same Lord who was crucified for us, who was buried, who rose, who ascended into heaven, and now sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And the same Lord who as he ascended said, I am with you until the end of the age.